0: Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and the challenges of our next guest, as well as reminisce about Mitzi in the comedy store. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Please welcome my favorite new guest, Ah, Princess Corey. So excited. She's a writer. Former talent coordinator here at the comedy store, wife of the late great Freddie Soto. Yes. And yes. Um, all around grand princess.
1: Oh my gosh, Bob, I'm so happy to be here. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. I just feel like everything in my life has led me to this point.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, it's interesting because we ran into each other at, right. at Brody Stevens Memorial. Uh-huh. And, you know, and we were talking and you said, You know, I said, how's it feel to be back in the comedy store? And you said, well, you know, there's a lot of laughs and there's a lot of tears. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, comedy and tragedy are so so intertwined. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't pull the two apart.
0: Yeah, and it was just, I don't know, there was something when I, it was so great to connect with you, and I got excited about, like, we were talking about Ciro's Night. Yeah. That was something you always hey, wanted to have happen.
1: I told, I mean, I did all the paperwork, Mitzi and I planned the whole thing, I went down to the city, and, you know, to register the name, and the whole nine yards, and um, they wouldn't do it because of the lack of bathrooms. They were uh, going to treat us like it was a brand new building and so you had to have x amount of restrooms per people and parking and blah 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 so
0: well now we have restrooms now we, we have, have restrooms. restrooms now here at the comedy store <laughs>
1: see see i just i told mitts i said give me 10 years i'll come back and knock it out of the park so wow. it's you know it's been 15. But it's been you know, 15. I, you know i'm always fashionably late Shook, so. exactly
0: well and it's also it will be 15 years in july yeah, um, that Freddie passed.
1: Yes, fifteen. I, I can't even wrap my head around that.
0: And th- that I said we got to have a fifteen year anniversary. Yes, we need yes. to do something to celebrate that.
1: Oh, I would be honored. I would I would really be honored. I mean, because I I live and breathe him every day. You yeah. know, like I've I have uh, procreated and made a junior Freddie. So yeah. um, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about him, and and it was really important for me to let Cruz, Cruz is my daughter, to let her know that she has a father, right? He's, you know, like the Catholics, he's just up in heaven and he's watching right. you every single second of every day. And, and you know, but I didn't want her to feel like she was fatherless. Right. You know, and for for a girl, I think that's uh, important.
0: And do you think she feels pretty connected to her dad?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, and, and she's also... Um, uh, much to my chagrin, into men's wear. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm the princess, so I I have been uh, you know collecting clothing from the 1800s to present day to bestow upon my daughter. And but uh, luckily, I didn't throw any of Freddie's clothes away, and so she wears them. Oh my gosh, that's and great. so out of the corner of my eye, you know, clothes really have an energy, right. and so these are his show clothes. And all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, you know, like like it's Freddie walking up behind me, and I have wow. to do a double take. Wow. That has something to do with the fact that I haven't moved on and dated. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sure uh, if we're going to we're going to take care of my money problems today and then maybe we can take care of my emotional problems on another day. Right.
0: Exactly. Right. Well, so and so um, Cruz is. Uh, no, she's 16. She's, she's, she's going to
1: well, be 17 well, in July. Oh, my gosh! Yeah. okay, Yeah.
0: And I would imagine I can't say for certain, but I would imagine it's challenging being a single mom. Oh, my God. And raising a kid. And then in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, and then also keeping Freddie's memories alive, it, it, like it's a lot. No,
1: it's it really, it really is a lot. It really is a lot, and I, I was raised by a single mom, so I kind of felt like, oh, I got this. Like I know what to do, and. Um, because I, I felt like I raised my little brother because, you know, my dad left when I was 11 and he was six. And, you know, it's New Orleans, so it's not hard to find one. But she fell into the bottle of a bottle, like the, yeah. bo- the bottom of a bottle and didn't see her very much after that. So I thought, oh, OK, my job is to get a job. Oh, the lights went out. All right. I should probably get a job and go pay for that and get the lights back on. And so I just became the adult. Um, you know, which it is what it is, but, you know, I, I grew up really broke, which I think is a good, I think it's in a way it's, it's almost like, um, you know, like you could get a little badge for it, you know, a badge of honor, because in the apocalypse, honey, I'm going to be able to survive like nobody's business. You know, the 1% is going to be gone instantaneously. In In a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think there's something true to that. I remember many times of not having any money in my bank account, and those were some of the most creative times. Absolutely. Um, You have to learn to, uh, you know, utilize what's around. Right. And you have to learn to (laughs) – here's Uh, this – I tell people uh, I always like to have a fireplace wherever I live Oh, because –
1: so you can put your head in it. And no, so, it gets, exactly. I There's, prefer
0: ovens. You yeah, know. No, so we could cook hot dogs when the utility bills didn't get paid and they shut everything oh off. Oh my god, you're so smart! You're so smart! I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm from the South as yes, well. I'm from yes. Tennessee. I'm from oh the country. Oh my god! And uh, yeah, see that's
1: why we get along, Bob. See? Exactly. It's that, it's southern, that southern sensibility. It's that
0: southern sensibility, mm-hmm. and you told me that you were a southern feminist.
1: I, yes, I am a southern feminist, right? Oh, so we're going to go with that. All right. So luckily, um, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no uh, letters, angry letters, please. Um, well, yeah. See, it's a very particular. Uh, demographic, right? So I am raised in the 70s, but raised in the southern New Orleans 70s, which is right. also different even from Tennessee, yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, absolutely. And um, so, I, you know, I feel like maybe bras were burned a little too hastily, right? <laughs> I just, you know, we, we kind of got a little good thing going here, uh, yeah. please. But I, I do, I feel like, I'm, I am I am a female with a capital F. Right. So when I wake up in the morning, I do my hair. I do my makeup. I you know, my nails are not done. Please don't look at me because of money issues. Um, but normally uh, those would be done. And
0: well, you look like a million bucks.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I look like a million bucks. And guess how much this whole outfit cost? under five dollars sweet you know i mean so so that <laughs> that's hard well to believe. well it, it is it is but that is one of the things that i learned growing up broke in new orleans because you know how southern girls are they're very catty mm-hmm. and so the yes. only thing worse than showing up to a party in wearing like what someone else is wearing is showing up to a party in last year's fashions right, right? and so when you're you know, when you don't have, uh, you know, a, a money budget, then, I mean, a clothing budget, then, you know, what what are you going to do? So, you know, you would be ridiculed and, you know, I mean, you know, when you go to school and you look like you just schlepped out of a Goodwill box. But what I did is I embraced that. I took my sour grapes and I pressed it into vintage. And so I would go to all the vintage stores. I would find clothing that spoke to me because it really is imbued with the energy of the wear and then I would cut them up and I would make my own outfits because I'd say you know what no one will be at that party wearing this dress I right. can guarantee it and then you know and then you're get you get made fun of and you know and eventually almost like I've clocked my 10,000 hours mm-hmm. you know like not on stage per se but the slings and the arrows have hit me and eventually you just don't care what people think because mm-hmm. you're, you know, this is how I dress. This is what I do. And I always feel much more comfortable being the most overdressed person in a room, you yeah. know? So, um, and I got a chance, um, to actually start a fashion camp for kids. And I did that for about five years and oh, cool. it was really amazing to pass on all my knowledge to, you know, uh, youngsters and, and just teach them that, you know, I'm, I mean, clearly I don't want to be raped based on what I'm wearing, but you dress for you. Right. And, you know, if you want to wake up and you want to put on full makeup and you want to curl your hair with a hot roller, then, then sugar, you know, that's dignity. Yeah. That's not vanity. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, my my grandmother, Southern grandmother, she said, you are, a, you know, you're God's vessel. So you wake up, you put your best foot forward. Your job is to smile at everyone and make sure that when they walk away from you, their day is better. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And I think and maybe I'm wrong, but you've always had a sense of style. Right. Thank you, you for like, noticing. No matter what you like. You're put together, even if, if if it doesn't feel that way um, to you, you, you put on a um, an air of like, I got this. I do.
1: I do. I that is the only thing I am sure of in my life is that, you know, I, I am camera ready at all times. <laughs> yeah. I, what, I taught preschool for 10 years and I would be in had to be there at seven. So uh, I was in hair and makeup at five. And let let me tell you how much the other moms appreciated me. Not at all. (laughs) Because they're schlepping in and, you know, and and, uh, sweats and just rolling out of bed. And and I'm like, ha,
0: ha, ha, ha. That's perfect. Well, that's what princesses do.
1: Yeah. And the kids loved me. Yeah. The kids loved me. Yeah. and, And the girls, of course, but the boys. I had a couple of boys that insisted on wearing suits and ties to preschool. Oh because God. I brought them up to my level. Oh, that's great. I know. That's great. Making little charming gentlemen one at a time.
0: There you go. One at a time. One at a time. Or if you can. So, you know, I was thinking about um, talking about Mitzi. Oh. We were just talking about you were talking about you had a lot of uh, the notes and, and some of the stuff yes. when you were, you know, you were a court you coordinated all the talent here for. good long time yeah
1: yeah well i uh, there is not a job here that i haven't had except for anything to do with finances there you go you the cfo you just keep that but um i i started out um as a waitress and Mm -hmm. i was terrible waitress and then um and well i told you how i found this place did i no oh my god so i was an actress in new orleans and uh and had an audition and I was on a television show in New Orleans and then had an audition for a role that was going to be hosting your own show out in LA and, you know, got it through my agents, the whole nine yards. Every girl in town was up for it. I got it. And I come all the way out here and I'm all excited. And then I'm like looking at the paper and I'm like, Hmm, Inglewood. I wonder if that's like a division of Hollywood. I don't know. And, and next thing you know, it's a full casting couch situation. And I have now, Quit my show in New Orleans and come out here. And I call my grandmother and I go, Oh my God, like, what do I do? I'm all the way out here. I I don't have a job. What do I do? And she said, Corey, you are a reincarnated 40s film star. She goes, If you were here back then, you would hang out at Ciro's Supper Club. So she goes, Look it up on your Thomas Guide or, you know, there's no computers. You know what I'm saying? Go to the local library and find it. And so I started on one end of Sunset. I was a bartender, New Orleans, of course, and just up and down the street bringing resumes to bartend. And I got to the comedy store and and I thought, I know this building. And it was the daytime. And I, for some reason, just knew to walk all the way in the back through the kitchen, found my way up to the top. Oh, my God. And and, and I just said, hi, I don't, I'm supposed to be here, I think. And they said- Oh, uh, they go. Are you a waitress? And I said no. I, I said I'm. I'm a. I'm a bartender. And they go. Oh, well, we don't have any female bartenders. They said, but three of our waitresses, um, one fell down the steps <laughs> and broke her leg last night. Two of them are in Mardi Gras at New Or in New Orleans, right? And um and so they said we're having the comedy festival, um on Friday, and we need waitresses. Can you start tomorrow? And I thought. Well, yeah, and then and so I just started immediately, and then the person who was at my table, they were from Opelousas, Louisiana, and they ran the cigar bar at the Sky Bar. So then I got a second job by the end of the night working at the Sky Bar. (laughs) So I would work doubles every day, and I'd walk down, tra la la la, -la, go to the corner because you know, God forbid, I don't jaywalk, cross at the light, and then there was, um, you know, the Roadhouse right, right there. So I would just pop in and get, you know, and. Martini or two because I'm from New Orleans and we just drank all the time and so and then come to work you know two martinis in ready for the show Your protein yeah exactly olives and uh, Eleanor said to this day I think I was the worst waitress that she <laughs> ever had in my life I, I think I think I made it a week and then um, and then I heard uh, Mitzi was in one night and I ran over to her and you know and people are like you don't go up to miss you, don't go to you Mitzi. know but I was like I just know I belong here I just I just feel it and I ran up to her and I said oh my god I just wanted to tell you you're so amazing and this place is so amazing and, and I just can't believe this you know what you've built here and and I just I you know I've never felt at home anywhere in my life and uh, and she looked at me and uh, and she goes what do you do?" And I go well. I I can do anything, you know, really. And I said, um, I go, but I'm a bartender. And she goes, Oh, you're the one. And I was like, What? And by this time, like a little crowd has been gotten around me. Oh yeah. And she said, We need somebody for the front bar. The front bar had been closed for years. Oh my god! Fr- oh right. The yeah. front bar on. And oh, I, and I yeah. said,
0: Crickets. I said,
1: Oh my god. You mean I can I can bartend on Sunset Boulevard? Are you, the whole bar is mine. And she goes, yeah, because nobody wanted to do it because none of the drinks counted towards the two drink minimum. Right. So they never made a dime out there. Right. And I said, oh, honey, uh, you you just need somebody to get the party started. And I brought lights. I made like hors d'oeuvres. I had I had like a reading section on comedy books. I You know, I had music, New Orleans music. I dressed up in costumes. I had the whole thing going. I mean, I think like I was pulling in $700 a night out there and Mitzi just thought I hung the moon she was like why and um and and then she's like and then she said uh and and the other reason why she said I was the one she said um uh she goes I had a show called the girls of the comedy store and she goes they're not any girls you know I haven't been able to do it and she goes I've been waiting for the right time and I knew the person who showed up was going to tell me to start it again and she goes you're that person she goes you look like You know, she was using the Mae West. And I, you know, I was a little meatier back then. And, um, and she goes, I looked exactly like Mae West, my boobs were out all the time. And, (laughs) and so she said, Oh, my God, you she goes, you're her. And I was like, I am her. I go, this is so perfect. And so then from there, I became, I hosted the show on Saturday nights. And then she gave me marketing and promotions director. So then I was like doing that. Um, and then Freddie, and then, and then assistant talent coordinator, and then talent coordinator. And then um, she moved Freddie and I into the house right up the hill. Oh, you lived in the cottage? We lived in the cottage. Oh, Peter
0: lived in the cottage.
1: Yeah, yeah. Peter lived in the cottage. Well, at this point, Peter was in the big house. So oh. Peter was in the big house at that point, and okay. we were in the cottage. And so I would, like, have my hot rollers in my hair, do do walk down the Hyatt ramp to work.
0: Oh, my God. And,
1: um, yeah, and she actually took my rent out of, the pay- out of my paycheck, right? So, so, you know, to this day, I, you know, with all of the jobs that I've had, and I worked at IBM for years, you know, I don't think I've ever made more than seven hundred dollars a week, and she took the rent out of that check. So I think I made like three hundred fifty dollars a week, and Freddie didn't make anything because he was like a what, comic? making yeah comic. So he was making like but but so Freddie thought he you know he 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 hit the uh, the, the home run right because he's uh, like oh great I get to live up here in the cottage and Corey's paying
0: my rent. Wow, and I was he's like a, yeah he's got a sugar mama yeah
1: exactly
0: oh my god and when did so when I first came to the club Freddie was the runner. Yes, and I remember when I came in. Um, there had been a couple of lawsuits that um, the bookkeeper had just taken and thrown them in a box and didn't respond to. Oh my god! And like um, the one
1: that's in my handbag that I need yeah, to show you later. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and um, and so Freddie ended up being one of the people that had to go testify, and I had to go to court. Oh really? Yeah, we sat in this big we sat in this big mediation room, but Freddie was one of the first people, and he was so nice to me, and. And so, anyway, so that was my Mitzi's. Like, you got to take care of all this stuff.
1: Oh my! God. And you had to go testify. <laughs> he did. He had to go
0: testify. I
1: don't remember. Amen. I don't remember that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. It was sort of. I walked into a little bit of some craziness.
1: <laughs> but you know what? It was like but, it was your time. Yeah. Like you needed to be there at that time. Yeah. And you know, pick up the bucket and walk to the well and, and see what needs to what needs work to, needs to be done.
0: Yeah. Actually, Vicky Barbalak is the one that got me in. I was just doing my comedy up in the belly room. I had a good, the good humor bar show, and, and then I get a call from Mitzi. You gotta help us out. Vicky told me to call you, oh my and god. she was so funny because she goes, "This is Mitzi Shore. I own the comedy store." I'm like, "I know who you are." Oh my god, I can't believe <laughs> like, she called you. She wow. called me, and I was just like, "Oh my god." I was, yeah, I was a little nervous.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I mean, I remember that. I mean, it is so many so many images are just like flipping through my brain right now it's it's like like i've had a hundred year nap and i just woke up it's so yeah. weird it's so weird
0: do you i mean i love the story about you coming in and just knowing you belonged that's so cool
1: i did i did yeah. and then and then it was zeros and i and i yeah. thought and that's why i'm so interested in restarting zeros well, night sense. that makes sense it makes sense you know and and because i really i really do like Everything has, you know, I walk into the thrift stores and the perfect dress in my size is there for me. You know, I mean, I I am a reincarnated 40s film star and all my clothes are still
0: here and they're just on sale. It's perfect. It's, it's so great. And that's so amazing that your grandmother She's said, find zeros Find Ciro's. Find
1: Ciro's. And like uh, when I used to do theater um, my grandmother would bring, you know, all the all the old ladies on Sundays to watch the uh, matinees, and they would all bring me gloves and hats and jewelry, and you oh know, they God. would clean out their closets, and so that is where I started to amass all these costumes. And and you know, to this day, I mean, I have costumes from the 1800s to present day, and that's why I started Coco Couture costumes. That's not so cool. not not that it's um, you know, it's a- again single mom, right? right? I was trying to. You know, you you have a baby. You have this baby, right? Like it's inside of you. I, I'm like inside of you. You're making it. So you have 10 months to really get to know this spirit that's in you. And then when it comes out, the last thing you want to do is give it to a stranger so that you can go back to work right. so that you can like push pencils for some stockholder Right. Oh my God! Absolutely not. I'm like I just I'm just made a person. That's right. sort of miraculous. It's pretty miraculous, right? And these boobs that everybody's been so interested in are for food. <laughs> what? You can eat them. You can. You can. <laughs> Them. Or drink, s- I yeah, guess. <laughs> they're nutritious. It's like my f- it's like a it's like a font of knowledge, right? Yeah. So I just felt like I was so magical, which, you know, as is my want. And um and I just thought, no, I'm I'm not gonna do this. This is this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be a stay-at-home mom. And I was making curtains and baking cookies, and and you know, Freddie was on the road and You know, Cruz was two and we went on the road with him for a whole year. So like we would wake up in the morning, he would go do radio and I'd have the stroller and everything and and I'd say, okay, let's go, let's go explore this city today. And then we'd go around and find the museum and find the playground and, and it was amazing. And then, um, and then he, and then he died, he died like 13 days before Cruz turned three. Wow, and and actually, I take that back. We we went on tour with him before she was two, because once she turned two, we had to buy another plane ticket,
0: oh. and you know,
1: and because his representation—that's a whole other thing. Um, you know, they were not paying him enough to where if he bought another plane ticket, it was it was going to cut into the profits, and so it just didn't make it didn't make sense, and it didn't make dollars. So um, I stayed home, and so for that last year, I was kind of a single mom. I mean, we saw him on Wednesdays, you know, pick him up the airport, bring him home, you know, unpack his laundry, do it, the dry cleaner in the dry clean bag, repack. And so he passed away. And then I just thought, okay, I'm going to go back to home to New Orleans. I, I don't, I don't know what else to do. And my grandmother and I were really close. So I went home and three weeks after he died and I'm at my grandmother's and I'm, okay, I'm going to take the extra bedroom and trying to figure out. I just I just left everything here. I just went straight there. And I see the neighbor packing a U-Haul. And I go, what? And the neighbor comes up to me. She goes, oh, honey. She goes, aren't you watching the news? She said, the, the big one's coming. The big hurricane is coming. And I was like, no, I'm a little distracted with my dead husband. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. know? And, and I, you know, I said, no, I'm not watching the news. And, um, you know, and we had to throw my daughter a birthday party. And so, you know, no, I'm very busy. So... While we're in New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina hits. <laughs> oh my gosh. And every single person in my family loses their homes. My daughter, we're literally running from the hurricane. Everyone evacuated, okay? Because they knew the hurricane was coming. Right. I was supposed to fly out on Monday, OK? So on Saturday, the hurricane was going to hit on Monday. I was supposed to fly out on Sunday. That's what it was. I was supposed to fly out on Sunday. Hurricane was hitting on Monday. I wake up. I brought my, <laughs> brought my rent-a-car back on Saturday. Um, everybody in my family evacuated on Saturday, my grandmother, everybody, because they were like, okay, change of plans. We'll do the birthday party <laughs> later. And, you know, we, we have to evacuate. And so I'm like, well, thank God, I'm you know, my plane's going to leave on Sunday and I'll get out in time. And I said, and then I'll go close up the house and I'll move back. So I wake up Sunday morning to like 32 missed messages. Corey, the The hurricane is changed direction. It's heading straight for us. Corey, we, we need to leave. Corey, we, we, we need to leave now. Corey, we just left. Corey, we're, we're halfway to Houston. Corey, we're in Houston. Corey, here's the address in Houston where we're at. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And so I'm just listening. Seven <laughs> in the morning I woke up, you know, because I'm like, I'm probably still breastfeeding at this point. So I just, I'm like, what, 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 what? And then, and then I... And I realized when I woke up, all of the airports were shut down. And it became mandatory evacuation because it was not mandatory evacuation on Saturday. Right. So I I was like, everybody in my family's gone. I returned my rent a car. So there wasn't a rent a car because people were like, the second I turned it in, people snatched it. And, right. And I was like, why is everybody so, <laughs> up so and antsy. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm just not there. You know, I'm just I'm just checked out, you know. On tons wow. of medication. And um so Luckily, I had a hoodlum brother and who was not going to leave because he was very tough and he was going to, you know, ride out the storm. So I had to wait until like four o'clock when he woke up. And then, <laughs> right? And then, and mean, meanwhile, like you know, death is descending on top of us. And there, there's a bridge that. Um, this story could go on forever, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up. It's great. There, there's, there's a bridge that goes across the lake in New Orleans, and it's um it oh the t- big lake yeah yeah Lake Punch train right train yeah so yeah. it takes thirty minutes because it's like a thirty mile lake if you drive a mile a minute yeah right? no it's crazy it took us four and a half hours to get across because there's no, there's no turnoffs you're going across a lake so everybody drive an inch and turn their car off. Drive an inch and turn their car off. Drive an inch, because nobody wanted to run out of gas. Right. And and plus it was mandatory evacuation, so every Everybody's... single person's going north to get away from the water. Oh my God. Right? Like let's run away from the water, right? Go to high ground. So it was so nerve-wracking, okay? And then and I had my brother um, the only thing I took from new Orleans is my wedding dress. Cause I got married in new Orleans in my grandmother's wedding dress and I had left it at her house. That's the only thing she took and it was under her bed and it was all preserved in a box. So I had this massive wedding dress. Oh my, my brother has a Siberian Husky. Cruz had a leopard print car seat, of course. And <laughs> of course. suddenly like seven of my brother's like jobless friends who were also not going to evacuate show up so there is he's got a massive truck but there is all of these people and they show up with like all of their stuff and and you know i don't i don't know a lot about being a widow but at that point i knew you get a trousseau when you're married and you get a trousseau when you're widowed so i went out and bought an entire um collection of black diane von Fostenberg suede luggage because that's that's what happens for your next part of your life. So I had this beautiful luggage, and I get there, and the car is full. And they say, oh, just put that on top. And I said, excuse me? I said, <laughs> I said, this is black suede Diane von Faustenberg luggage, an entire set. And that is Hurricane Katrina. I said, no. I said, get your crap out of the car. I said, I'm sorry, raise your hand if you're paying for gas. Anybody? Anybody have a job? No, nobody? Okay, get it out of the car. So, so, you know, (laughs) because I'm like, I'm the only one, you know, at that point with any money. And so, um, that didn't last very long, but so yeah, it was, it was positively insane. I mean, there, there's so many. So then, so then I come, I, everybody loses their homes, my brother included. So he drives me back to new Orleans, right? I mean, back to LA, my brother comes out and lives with us for six months while I'm there. Oh, we had just moved to Highland Park. We we okay. were we were living in Hollywood. We were here for fifteen years, you know, yeah. um, at Mitzi's and and down on here. And then our last place was on uh, right by Outpost, on um, right in the hills. Okay, at yeah. the top of La Brea. Okay, so we were there and just recarpeted it for the baby. That's where I nested. That's where I had crews. Like this was going to be. It was a townhouse, three story. I had everything that I wanted. A little outdoor patio upstairs that I, you know, and um, Freddie gets it in his head six months before he dies, like a cat, right, who needs to crawl off to die. He says, We need to move to Highland Park. I was like, I'm sorry, what, what? And, and he's, he's like, it, It's off the, f-. I'm like, Where the fuck is the 134? I'm like, I, I have right. never been east of Highland. I couldn't tell you right. what's going on. And all of a sudden, we, and at this point, you know, it's not a very good neighborhood. Right. It's not. But he needed a yard, he said. And he but I think I think he knew something was happening. I think he knew mm. that he was on his last leg. I obviously didn't. I was very busy with a baby. And um so we move out to Highland Park. So I'm there Six months before he dies and now here I am. I'm in a different house. I don't know my way around. I don't have any of my friends around me. Nobody wants to come out to Highland Park. You know, it's like I might as well, you know, live in, in Jerusalem. I don't know. Like right. it's so far away. And – um so I, I come back to my house. I call my landlord and she goes, oh, well, your name's not on the lease. I said, excuse me? Oh, and she, no. goes, she goes, well, you had a bankruptcy. Oh, and that's a funny story too because Freddie wouldn't marry me unless I got a bankruptcy. <laughs> In fact, I think that's how he asked me. I don't actually think there was a proposal. And so um, she goes, yeah, you have a bankruptcy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't qualify. And I said, I'm sorry, what? So then um, – so I'm trying to f- – I have at this point no job um and i'm trying to find an apartment and then i adopted two cats cuz i needed more life in the house so yeah. i have uh i have a 3 year old i have two cats i have no job and i have no money and no husband and no future and no home to go back to cuz there's not a sofa that i can crash on wow with my family so uh i it's new year's eve 2006 Okay, and I will never forget this because we went to the Rose Bowl parade, and it was that year that the Rose Bowl parade had a, a hurricane. Do you remember that? Oh my god! There was a like a tropical storm, and we had seats in the bleachers and the whole nine yards. So we wake up at four in the morning to go to this <laughs> parade. Okay, and I'm like, oh my god, all day in the pouring rain. I'm like, what am I going to do? I have I, by this point, I have to be out February first. And I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. That we come back. There's a whole um, his dog had decided, um, we left him in too long, even though we got home at like eight in the morning, nine in the morning, whatever time the Rose Pearl Parade ends. He had decided to take massive shits oh, no. all over the house. Okay, all over the house and on my clean clothes piles, everything. And I was like, oh my God. And I was furious. And and I went out to the back to the garage. And that's where I had all my costumes and everything. And I was like, I'm just gonna wash them. I just I can't deal with this. Everything's too much. I go to the back, our retaining wall had fallen and my garage was flooded. And all of my costumes and things I lost in a flood. Oh my god. After I just ran from a flood. And I I just I remember just sitting in the mud and crying and going, This cannot get any worse. Cut to that night. I'm asleep and and I and and I hear the doorbell. And I and I'm in my nightgown. I go, oh my God, it's in the middle of the night. I I, I open the door. And it's a man standing there with my um, car seat. And – no, no, he didn't have my car seat, but it's a man standing there. And he goes, hi, um, are you you the one with the leopard car seat in the car? And I said, yes. He goes – I'm here to repossess your car because it's in your husband's name. and oh um, But I figured anybody who had a leopard print car seat was probably attached to it. So he goes, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm just supposed to steal your car back in the night. But I feel bad. Obviously, you have a young baby. And I begged and pleaded because I even paid. I paid a little late, but I did pay. But because it was the holiday, it didn't go through. Oh,
0: no. And
1: so I was like... And so now, January 1st, I have I have two weeks to get out. I have no car, no job, no money. And, and so I call up my landlord, and I said, you know, I just wanted to let you know before I call Channel 2 that you are kicking a Hurricane Katrina widow out onto the street with a baby and two cats. I should probably call PETA, too. And she went, hold, please. And she puts me on hold. And then she <laughs> comes back. It's just a one-bedroom just opened up in Eagle Rock. And um and that was supposed to be my starter house, a one bedroom that I have been in for 15
0: years. Oh my god. And you're still there. I'm still there. Wow. I
1: shared a bed with my daughter up until she went to high school. That's another reason why I probably didn't date a lot. Um yeah.
0: Oh my god. That's... Yeah,
1: so so I have been like money problems, honey. I got 'em. I got 'em. It's it's and and to be a single mom in L.A., you know, a lot of people don't understand about um cal and, and food stamps and, and those kind of things because obviously you don't want to know about them until you need to know about them, right? right? But, you know, if mothers and children are not taken care of, then – The world falls apart. Right. Right? I mean, women and children first, getting on ships, right? I mean, like in the Bible, Ruth got to glean, you know, they said, you know, just leave leave some extra wheat for the widow to pick up, you know? I mean, widows have it really hard. Hard. Right? I mean, single moms do too. But, you know, my grandmother, again, um, good Catholic woman, she said, you know um god is the husband of the widow. Mm. I said what? I go that makes me in the catbird seat. I go are you serious? I'm like that's fantastic. I go so I'm totally going to be taken care of. Well, that means the government. <laughs> the government. <laughs> the government is actually your husband at that point. Yeah. But I can say it's god. You know, I say thank god for Uncle Sam. But yeah, so I I have been living on widow's benefits yeah. for 15 years, and here's a new a new predicament. When my daughter turns 16, she gets widow's benefits and I get widow's benefits, but together it's enough to just barely cover rent, you know? Um, they cut mine. They stopped paying mine when she turned 16. Now- I'm still driving her to school. Right. You know, I'm still feeding her. I'm still, she's still living with me. Like at 16, are you supposed to be completely emancipated and making money? Like, I don't understand why I suddenly lost almost $900 a month. Wow. Okay. So just stopped. So I'm like, oh my God. So we had to turn around and get on food stamps. Hmm. So, you know, my, and, and I got on food stamps. Right when Freddie died, too. And and that was, that was the thing that I couldn't even wrap my head around is the fact that one Christmas, I'm walking down the red carpet with Adam Sandler because Freddie was in Spanglish. Uh, and the next Christmas, I'm standing in line for food stamps. Wow. Like your whole life can change instantaneously. Instantaneously. You know? Best laid plans.
0: But what keeps you going. Like, you know, I mean you've Hail had Mary. a like really.
1: It you know, you'd be amazed what you can do when you have to. Yeah. You know? I mean to me there there was no other alternative. Um so what I did is um because I, I I read every book there was to read about raising a child because I knew this was really, really important. And so uh, I really liked Montessori. So the second cruise was born, I set up little Montessori stations in the house. And, and so I took my job very seriously. And so I raised her and taught her everything because she wasn't going to go to preschool until she was three. So I was, you know, mommy, super mommy. And I put her in preschool on a Monday. So it was me the first time that I let her out of my sight. And Freddie died on Saturday. So he had paid for that one month of – I think he might have paid for two months. I think he might have paid a month in advance um, for that preschool. And then I'm like – and I think we had $15 in the bank when Freddie died, and he did not have life insurance because he was only 33. Right. You know? I mean like – or no, I was 33. He was 35, but still. Um, So – I, I, the teacher at her preschool said, listen, you don't know how hard it is to be a mom. You do not understand that this is your life for the next 18 years. 18, not 16, Uncle Sam. Thank you. Um, So they said, you should go back to school to become a teacher. And I said, really? And they go, yeah, because if she's sick, then you need to take a day off. You don't don't know what it's going to be like in L.A. trying to drive through traffic with drop off and pick up. And you're going to need summers off. You know, there's nobody here to help you. You have no family. And so... I did. So I went back to school to become a teacher. And, um, you know, the comics did a, um, a big benefit for me, you know, and got money, because I think that was like four grand or something for the school. And, and it was I went to school three nights a week, from 630 to 930, and just brought crews and she colored on the floor and then all day on Saturday from nine to five. And then I'd and I'd bring her to preschool, and then I'd have to teach there to get my 400 teaching hours. So I did that for two years until I got my degree. And then I said, well, I guess I'm just going to get a job wherever she goes to, to, you know, to middle school and just set my sights on that and did not take no for an answer and made it happen. And so then I taught preschool for 10 years. And then when she went to, um, middle school, I was like, oh, well, I can't teach middle school. You know, that's not what I'm trained in. And so then that's when I started the fashion class and that was working great. And then. Uh, they gave the, the, we were teaching at Woodbury university. They did not want to have liability to have children on campus. Mm. So they shot me in the foot and gave my class away to the YMCA. Okay. I was like, well, it's just like, it's like, it's like cha-cha, honey. I take a step forward and it's three steps back, but I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, okay, so now that's not going to work. You know, and then finally I was like, well, I'll just start a rental business and rent costumes out of my house. And, and I, and that's what I'm doing now because I, oh, and I started a, um, I started a disco class for kids because, oh, I used to teach ballroom dancing too. Of course. And, yes. Remember that? Of course that? you did. Yes. I used to teach ballroom <laughs> dancing at Arthur Murray's in Beverly Hills. Oh my God. And Freddie made me quit cause he didn't like me touching guys, you know? So <laughs> when, when Freddie died, I was like. it it really is like dating, you know, I mean, like you're dating a guy for an hour while he's holding you. It's, you know, worse than dating. And so I said, I don't want to do that. I just want to be around kids. I just want to, I just want to focus on my kid. And so I started a disco class for kids. Oh my God. Shake your groove thing with your offspring.
0: Right. It was
1: so great. And then I did that. And then I started teaching at um, Mount Washington, Eagle Rock Elementary, Dahlia Heights. I, I just started putting my name out there. I became like the disco girl in Eagle Rock. And then I broke my ankle. Okay. So I'm at one of the schools in, 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 a, in a brace on my ankle. And the guy comes up and goes, we hired you to teach dance. You can't teach dance. So you need to go on disability. Well, disability pays you from your your last paycheck of of last quarter like three quarters ago or something so at that point i was only teaching at one school so i for an entire summer i lived on nine dollars a day disability (laughs) okay so you know i'm apocalypse ready
0: i would say you are i see i think actually innovator it should be princess Corey, innovator and go getter and unstoppable,
1: unstoppable, un- <laughs> un- un- unsinkable. I'm unsinkable. unsinkable. I mean, it's it's, but it's really, you know, there's there's no there's no fun, right? I mean, there's there's not a lot of fun that happens, you know. Right. And you know, we do a lot of house sitting and a lot of dog sitting. And you know, when our rich friends go on vacation, we sit in their very nice homes and watch their homes. You know, and and. I would pick up kids, their kids from school while they both went on their jobs. And, you know, I I mean, it, I became in my circle, I became the surrogate wife, you know, that, that did everything except for sleep with the husbands. Right. But, you know, I'm cooking and cleaning and caring for the children, which is a full-time job. Right. And when you have two parents that are working, that job still needs to be done by someone. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, I used to have this argument with Freddie and he was like, you know what? You should go get a job. And I said, I'm going to go get a job and get $9 an hour before taxes so that I can pay someone $20 an hour to babysit Cruz.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: It, It doesn't make sense.
0: Doesn't make sense.
1: You know, I mean, so like, I, I almost feel like, I don't know if I, should I run for office? Like something needs to happen with the way that, even the, even the way that the widow's benefits work because it, they, they dissuade you from working. Right. Like if I make more they, than $14,000 a year. They take they, everything away. They, yeah. I have to pay $2 back for every dollar I make over that. Oh, my God. So, so when I was working at school as a teacher – teaching is from September to June. It's not the calendar year. So when I'd have to go renew every year for the widow's benefits for social security, they'd say, "Did you make more than 14?" Well, no, cuz I hadn't, right? And and I don't know what's going to happen after that. Right. So then at the end of the year, I'd get a bill saying, "Oh, we overpaid you, you know, $4,000." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but 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 they're they're taking my daughter's tuition." Out of my check. My right side of my check might be, I mean, my left side of my check is more than 14 My take home is very much under 14 right. right? Because I'm paying $700 a month for her school, even though I'm a teacher. And so it was ridiculously asinine. So after I taught for 10 years, I now owe Social Security <laughs> $15,000. Oh, my God. That they are now taking out of my door social security every month i mean i can't win for losing wow i can't win for losing and and so when they and i had to fight them for about six months when they first did it my first year teaching and i had uh, an american express and so for six months i had to put my rent on that american express and that's how we lived and um so what happens when you stop half my income? Well, I can't make my payments to American Express, and so now I'm being sued by them. When <laughs> that's rent that I was getting money. See, it's not me you need to get the money from. It's Social Security you need to get, because right. they were paying me for it, and then I just couldn't. I had to take oh that my God. money. I mean, it... You know, I've never... I think I told you this before about my mom. I mean, I was raised not with a very... Um, uh, how shall I put this? Um, my mother was a bourgeois hippie. So, yeah. so you know, very idealistic, uh, not realistic at all. And right. so, you know, this was the 70s in New Orleans and you used to buy things with checks. And if you wrote it for over, you would get money back just like a bank. So she – these are my two lessons. Whenever you write a hot check, make sure it's for $100 over because then you have mad money to go out to eat. And um, always rip the numbers off the bottom of the check because that will give you an extra two weeks before they put it in the bank. <laughs> and right, and you remember yep. that you used to be—you know—you could write a check and then you'd, you'd have some, you'd have some leeway before the check went through.
0: Absolutely, I think they call that kiting. But uh, oh, is it? Is there a term for it? <laughs> <yeah>, it's, it's <gasps> sort of uh, considered illegal. But um, I certainly did many <laughs> short-term loans when I was kiting. in college. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, yeah, in college, I bounced a 25 cent check for Doritos. Uh, yeah. And got a $25 NSF charge.
0: Oh, man. I, yeah, I think I built a bank on my NSF fees for being in college, and right after, man, I was broke.
1: I mean but but so but you were broke but then obviously you learned your lesson from that and and now you've managed to get out of that. How how did you how did you do that, Bob?
0: Well, you know what happened was I got into accounting cuz it was something that came easy and it's not what I wanted to do, but it was just something that came easy and so I did that to get good grades and then I started working in an accounting firm and I saw that everybody else that was like not a CPA Like the clerks and stuff were buying homes and stuff and I still wasn't. I was in debt and I realized that I had all these money blocks around money that had sort of been put on me as a kid and so I'd been sabotaging myself and I started doing a lot of work and started learning and and realized, oh my gosh, I didn't get very many good lessons. Right. And so I had to reeducate myself and it took a long time but I was very persistent and thank God I can – I don't have – you know I don't have those worries but I can certainly relate because I certainly – had those moments. You know, when my dad left, um it was tight. It's tight. It's tight. They're not a lot of money. No. And you just learn to, I wouldn't eat fondue or white fish forever because my mom would save all the bread. And at the end of the month, she'd make fondue. So I knew fondue was for poor people, as was French onion soup. Oh my God. I love that And story. I would not eat French onion soup or fondue because it's like, we're poor. <laughs> oh my God. And she was just being resourceful, but I didn't see it that way. I was the poor kid. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. that's amazing oh fondue I love <laughs> and and that's and that's that's so uh so haute couture really oh, these days these and now days. I'll pay 10
0: bucks for onion soup and right? fondue but oh not my then. God. it was a stigma
1: but I'm speaking of stigma I wonder because I don't think my mom got social security because we were totally broke and yeah. and and I don't think she I don't know if she got alimony but you know I feel like i I took advantage of all the all the services that were offered to me, Which you is know great. I mean I you know my daughter has um uh, Hashimoto's disease, so she it's an autoimmune disease we found out when she was in fourth grade, so she has to give blood work like you know four times a year and she has to take a pill every single morning before she picks up her grandkids. That's how long she's gonna be taking this pill like forever wow. right, and that's all really expensive, yeah, and so you know, thank God for California. Thank yeah. God for, you know, for, for, you know, it's health and human services, Right? you know, it's not welfare, right. you know, it is, it is you, you need to take care of the women and the children in this society Yeah. because, you know, the, you know, they are the teachers. They are going to raise these children to, to run the world. Yeah. And it, you know, and when you, when you, it just it's it just trickles down if it you does. don't.
0: There needs to be a wider safety net.
1: Yeah, and and I think you know, and people say, oh well, why do my taxes need to pay for you know for your food? But it's it's like less than a half of a cent or something yeah. is is what that actually goes towards. Yeah, and I I feel like it is definitely
0: important. It definitely is, and actually. You know, I'm going to check that. We have to check this out, but we the comedy store has a comedians fund now. I just saw that, and I think we actually might be able. Like, we're going to see what we can do because there may be a possibility. Because, oh my god, um, because Freddie was here and all that other stuff. So I definitely want to check that out. But oh my god, there see, needs to it, be a bigger safety. And Mitzi net,
1: always did that. Mi- Mitzi always, took care of everybody. She she knew. You know, she she used to tell me um, that comics are dead. 24 hours out of the day and they only come alive for that one hour that they're on stage Mm -hmm. and they need Mm -hmm. comedy to breathe and to live. And so with that comes all of the pain that brought them to comedy in the first place. And she knew that she, that's why they're drinking. That's why they're, you know, they're, they're having the mental issues. And so I remember her talking to me so many nights about that and about, you know, how she, she knew she had to take care of her babies.
0: Yeah, she was. She was the. She was the mama. She was the mama and taking care of all the. Yeah, all
1: all all of the wayward children that yeah. like you know left their their homes because of, they were unhappy and mm-hmm. you know honed their comedy skills.
0: Yeah, yeah, she gave a big gift.
1: I mean, it re- it really, but but there is like a starving artist kind of a mentality, right? There
0: is, and a lot of people. Hook into that, and I don't think you have to be starving really? um, to be an artist. Really, although I do get that, you know, where there's the hunger. Yeah, like literally the hunger um, of a starving artist.
1: Uh-huh. But I also feel like, like I, I'm, I'm a milliner, so I make these amazing hats, and people go, "Oh, you should sell them." And as soon as somebody says that, I'm like, "It's like now it's dirty, right?" You know, like, no, I'm not going to mass produce things that you create with love yeah you know but that is completely not serving me you right. know and 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 when i try you know i loved giving people costumes for whatever whatever theme party they were going to but the second i tried to go from socialism to capitalism and then suddenly i had business cards and suddenly i'm like have a price list a Nazarene complex. Every one of my friends just disappeared. Right, suddenly I'm like, oh, really? Now, when I go to your restaurant, you know, I'm paying for food. Maybe you'll bring me out a dessert, but how come you won't pay me for this? Right, you know. And so it's like I have to go outside of my circle. Yeah, I think I'm, Absolutely. you know, to to do that. And um, so that's what I'm in the process. My my daughter is trying to teach me how to sell things on Instagram, and yeah, and uh, but again, it's like I just feel. I feel dirty. I feel yeah. I I'm, you know, I'm a good Catholic. You you do things out of the goodness of your heart. Right. You know? Absolutely. Because because to charge for it is
0: yeah, but the church does like to. You have to pay for the candles. Oh yeah, yeah you, you know, know yeah. and you got to you know, pay for the penance. Yeah. <laughs> <and you laughs> funny,
1: funny, funny how I'm making the making the church out to be like they're broke, right? I'm like, like they
0: have no money,
1: y'all. It's really bad. They're
0: tight. They don't have any real estate. Yeah, mar- yeah. marble is
1: so cheap. They, that's why. That's why. Oh that's why they use it everywhere. You that's know, yeah. was no just, real estate. I was just at
0: the Vatican. And oh my god, were you really in November? Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah nothing's gilded. Stuff, yeah, they're, nothing's They're doing okay. I shouldn't do, worry about them. Don't worry about it. I should take them off my parents. they be okay. Be oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man.
0: Well, listen, you know, there's a reason we met and reconnected. I know. So I know. So, some stuff is so going to happen. I feel it. Um, and I'm excited. And I can see people are starting to look at us because they're. Oh they're, oh, oh they're like I, w- I could sit here and talk for the next 10 hours or actually just listen cuz it is just <laughs> I
1: didn't give you very much No you know what it's but it's
0: in. it's um for me um it's actually really inspiring to like hear the positivity and the determination to keep making things go, even when things have been oh, thrown at yeah. you left and right. Oh yeah. Um, like I mean, literal hurricanes. Literal you hurricanes know, taking yeah. away all the. Ho- and so, like that's actually to me is super inspiring. That, uh, that like, I'm gonna I'm gonna win this. Right. Like I'm in it. Uh, it.
1: You know, it really. And and the proof of the pudding, to be honest, to be honest, um, is that my daughter told me she goes, "Mom, out of." All, you know, all of these friends at her other school that she was hanging out with or or even at her new school, she said, they're teenagers, right? And so she said, I feel like I'm the only one who really likes their mother. You know, we, you know, we are absolutely so close. I mean, I'm the mother. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the mama. but. I have, she's like a hothouse flower. I've given her 110% of my attention. And then she's going to go off into the world. You know, I was mama and daddy. Yeah. And she needed to know that. And she needed to know that she's loved. And no matter what is thrown at her, you know, that, that's why I didn't move in with my in-laws. I said, look, I go, you're going to take me in and take care of me for two years. And then what's going to happen? Two years from now, I'm going to have to pull myself up from my bootstraps and do it again. And it'll be two years later and it'll be twice as hard. Right. I said, let me go out there with Cruz now and show her that, you know, we watched a lot of Mary Tyler Moore. We watched a lot of Wonder Woman. You yeah. know, it was like, we can do this. We can do this.
0: That's so cool. Oh my God! Well, I uh, I'm just so grateful to have you here today and get to hear all the stories and reminisce about Mitzi. And, oh my God! And I, w- I wish I
1: wish Mitzi could be proud yeah. of me like that. That really is yeah, the thing is. that I I wanted to go out there and make a name for myself and come back for her. And but I just I had to raise this
0: kid real you quick. Did. I didn't you, have a chance. No, she she knows she's watching. she knows, she knows. She knows. she's watching. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I I know we have to wrap, but just thanks again for for being here. Oh my God. And, thank um, you so
1: much for listening. Thank thank you for, for sharing like... <gasps> and being so
0: vulnerable and sharing everything. So.
1: Oh my God. It I, it really this yes yeah, very cathartic to to tell the story and to tell it here. Like I kind of forget what I went through until I yeah. start to tell the story again.
0: And this is also home for you. It
1: is home. This it is home. it is one hundred percent home, and I miss it.
0: Well, you're back. I'm back. You're back. Yay. And we'll be back. Um, I'm Bob Wheeler. This is Money You Should Ask. And uh, until next time.